Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Himalaya. From years 15 to 18, I would have sold my husband to any willing woman for a dollar and they may have gotten some change. We were in a very unhappy, untenable, unkind place. And I couldn't figure out what the problem was until one day I went to court and saw a string of cases that highlighted exactly what we were doing wrong at home. That's what allowed me to come back with an understanding of the need for effective communication. Hi, I'm Judge Lynn Toller, and this pod course is about that conversation. And when I say that conversation, I mean all of the conversations that you have with your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your living love, your significant other. This is a pod course about how to have any conversation with the person that you're in love with. Why is this important? Well, let me tell you. Just about everybody is interested in having a relationship, a partner, someone to love, Coupling up is a deep and abiding biological drive that's very compelling and most every human being wants. And on top of that, it's fun, especially in the beginning. That new feeling of love when you're reeling and singing and carrying on. And once we feel that way, we do our best to keep that exquisite feeling aloft as long as we possibly can. And part of keeping that feeling, part of keeping that love, part of keeping that connection is being able to communicate. Communication. I know it is the biggest cliche in the world, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's one of the biggest truths. Good communication is an essential component of a successful romantic relationship. Now, just to get started, let me tell you a story. I was the judge on divorce court for 13 years. Those people were real. They were not actors. We flew them in from all over the world. Often, I had an opportunity to talk to them about what they're talking about. I'd speak to one litigant, the husband, the wife, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, and I'd have them explain something to me. Then I would turn to their spouse, their lover, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, and ask, now what did that other person just say? In 13 years, I can count on one hand how many people got it right. They rarely heard exactly what was said. They heard what they expected to hear, or they heard what their fears told them they might have said. 
or they heard what experience leads them to believe may have been said, even though it wasn't said again. But rarely did they hear exactly what was on the other person's mind. Often they never even got close. Usually they get the topic about right, but that's pretty much it. So this experience that I've had over the 13 years has confirmed for me the importance and the complexity of having good communication, the importance and complexity about knowing how to have that conversation with a person you're in love with, no matter what that conversation might be. You're listening to That Conversation, a Himalaya Learning production. For exclusive content and to talk to me directly, go to Himalaya.com and enter the promo code Judge Lynn at checkout to get your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy. Now, before I get to talking about the particulars of communication in the context of a relationship, I want to address the elephant in the room. I know you might be asking yourself, what in the world is a judge doing talking about communication, no less communication in a romantic relationship? Let me give you a little background, might help you out. In 1994, I became a judge in a municipal court. The last part is important. Municipal court is where regular people end up when they get caught doing irregular things. I saw family fights, domestic violence, personal disputes, from neighbors fighting neighbors to breakups that went bad to spouses who can't get along, who get into fights. I found out when I was there that the inability to communicate was at the bottom of most of their concerns. Additionally, I am a 60-year-old woman who has been married for 33 years. Whatever mistakes you're struggling with, I've probably made, and possibly more than once. Last, but certainly by no means least, I was the divorce court judge for 13 years. And as I said, those people were real. We flew them in. We saw thousands of couples in the throes of some kind of romantic dysfunction. As they laid out their stories for me, I saw themes. I intercepted patterns. I learned what works well and what doesn't work at all. And let me tell you this. What I saw on the show actually saved my marriage in its 18th year. Personal note, it's a bit of an aside, but I think it's important. From years 15 to 18, I would have sold my husband to any willing woman for a dollar and they may have gotten some change. We were in a very unhappy, untenable, unkind place. And I couldn't figure out what the problem was until one day I went to court and saw a string of cases that highlighted exactly what we were doing wrong at home. That's what allowed me to come back with an understanding of the need for effective communication, because that indeed was what was wrong with us. We had forgotten how to talk. Now, I'm going to go into that in some detail in a later pod course, but I just wanted you to see right now 
how it is I came to know what I know and how I believe what I know can help you. You know, we study a lot of things, reading, writing, arithmetic, but we rarely study some of the most complicated things that we do because we take them as common and therefore we take them for granted. We don't study it. We don't figure out what's going on. We fall in love. We get together and we think it feels so good and it feels so right. And this is such a common thing. And it's something that everybody does that we ought to be able to just do it. But that simply isn't the case. Everybody talks about how complicated relationships are. And I think the ability to communicate well, effectively and passionately with knowledge and with understanding is one of the most important ways that we can keep our relationships together. So that's what we're going to talk about. Now, the first thing I want to say is that communication in general, even when it's not in the context of a romantic relationship, can be very, very complicated. Communication is not just about opening up your mouth and saying what's on your mind. It's a meaningful exchange of information that bears results. Communication is not just about getting things off your chest. It's about being understood. It's more than simply getting your opinion out there. It's about the ability to persuade, to calm, to resolve, or simply to convey concern. It's about establishing the mood in the room one that encourages everyone to get what they need. It's also too important that you understand that communication is more than simply about words. It is the exchange of information, and we do that in a variety of ways. Communication can be as straightforward as asking someone for the time. It can be as subtle as conveying sadness through your eyes. It can be as devastating as turning your back on someone you're talking to and walking out of the room. It can be as warm as the sense of care you share when you wink at somebody across the table. It can be as solidifying as the connection conveyed by a five-minute exchange of nonsensical information about the kind of day that you had and to listening to what everybody has to say about the most common things that occurred during the day. So now that we kind of got the scope of communication, that it's not just about words and it's not just about commentary and discussion, that it's a whole scope of things that we exchange, I wanna talk about the particular issues that you run into in communication as a part of a romantic relationship. You know, it seems kind of odd that communication in a romantic relationship is as complicated as it is. You know, you love that person. You know that person. You want to be with that person. You think you understand that person. That's why you're with that person. Then why is communication in the context of that relationship such a difficult thing? There are a lot of reasons. 
There are a lot of things that lean on it that make it so very, very hard. I contend that talking to your partner is fraught with difficulties we tend not to see. What brings us together, sharing a life and the most intimate things of our our existence create minefields we don't anticipate and rarely address. Let's talk about a few of them because I believe you can't solve a problem you can't see. Number one, having conversations with your significant other is more difficult simply because we're at home. You wouldn't think that, but it is. You know, when you're outside of the house, there are a whole lot of unwritten rules that dictate what you do, how you express yourself, and how people talk to you. If you go to church or synagogue or the mosque or court, or if you're in a meeting, there are unwritten rules about how you conduct yourself. You are polite. You consider other people. You are watching your behavior because you need to. It's expected. Other people are watching you. All of those things matter when you're trying to make yourself understood out in the world. But then you get home and you're home. And you want to be able to express yourself just the way you feel. You've contained yourself all day and you're coming home and you want to talk to the person who should love you, understand you, want the best for you, should know you better than anybody else. So why wouldn't the freedom to speak as you feel the way you feel it, in the volume that you feel it, at the speed at which you feel it, and in the words in which you feel it, be such a difficult thing. Well, let me tell you, if you just go straight with how you feel, you don't consider the other person when you feel it. When you don't have any rules and regulations about how you come across, you come across any old kind of way. And the person that you're in love with and the person that loves you is going to take everything you say so very seriously and so very meaningfully that an incorrect word here, an incorrect phrase there, or an emotion that they don't quite understand makes it that much harder for them to hear it and to understand it. So we've dropped all of our niceties. We've dropped all of our consideration. We emote as we feel, and we often unintentionally don't say what we mean and don't consider who we feel when we say it. So we don't think about it. We don't consider that it's a place where we need to use our heads and make an effort to monitor how and what we say so we can forge and support a union instead of pulling it apart. Or worse yet, simply not meet each other's needs because we're not paying attention to what the other person needs to hear. The second thing that makes communication in the context of a relationship so difficult is the sheer volume of the things we need to talk about. When you're at work, you need to talk to your coworker about whatever project it is you're doing. At home, you gotta talk about everything. Whether you're living together or just talking to one another, you have to talk about how you live, what you wanna do, what's happening on Friday night, where's your money going, who they're talking to. You have to talk about what you wanna do that day, what you wanna do that night. You got to talk about sex. 
all of those things, all of those many levels of what you got to talk about who you hang out with. You got to talk about his people, her people. You have to talk about so much your sicknesses, your your desires, your emotions. All of those things have to be communicated. Even you talk about what happened at work. What happened at work might be all on your partner's mind and you can't come to one mind about what you need to speak about that day. The sheer quantity of information makes it that much harder. Next thing, vulnerability. When you're in love, your heart's exposed. Who you choose to love and who chooses to love you back is critical to how you see yourself. It's so personal. It's so meaningful. Being loved can give you strength and a sense of well-being. It is so deep that everything that happens in the context of that relationship leans on how you feel about yourself. If the guy at the corner store rolls his eyes at you, that's one thing. But when the man or the woman that you're in love with does it, it's an entirely different thing. It can eat away at your very sense of self. This is an aside, but I can't help myself. Eye rolling, by the way, is one of my pet peeves. It's also one of those things that it's been called the four horsemen of a relationship apocalypse. That disdain that people feel and the way that we express that for one another can be devastating in a relationship. And we're going to go through that in detail in another pod course. Just saying. It's real and it's a problem. Another thing that complicates communication in the context of a relationship is the general public's interest in it. Doesn't seem that it would be, but it is. Our relationship status is a significant part of how we relate to the world. Our romantic status is often and sometimes oddly, if you ask me, all tied up and what people think about us. From our Facebook status to our tax forms to medical forms, people want to know who you're connected to and in what way. It used to be the determining factor on how we addressed a woman as Miss or Mrs. Who she was, her title was determined by her relationship status. Now, though that's fallen away a bit, who we love and how we do it is a huge part of how we see ourselves in this world. One of the things that has caught my attention over the 13 years that I have presided over divorce court is how the world has been intruding in our relationships. We post about how everything is going in our lives. We post about how we feel, who we love, what's going on. That adds a whole extra layer of pressures. You want to represent one thing. You don't want to look stupid. It's a mess. It's an entire mess, which I will talk about, but it dictates a lot of what we do unknowingly, because if you are chronicling your relationship online, then a lot of what you do at home is affected by how it's going to look to the world. My personal suggestion is, is you cut that out because it's an additional pressure that you don't need. But yet again. We'll talk about that later. Another thing that complicates communication in the course of a relationship is the assumption of familiarity. You're in love and you know that person. 
But if I had a dime for every time somebody told me in divorce court that if he or she loved me, they should know, or she knows how I am, I don't know how she doesn't understand, or he knows me, he knows what I want, I can't believe that he, and you can finish that sentence any way you want. We assume that we understand that person deeply and thoroughly. And as complicated as we are as people, that is rarely, rarely the case. So when we assume a certain level of familiarity, we don't listen as hard. If I'm talking to somebody I don't know from a different culture or a different place, I work really hard to try to figure out what they're saying. But you assume you know what your partner's saying and feeling, so you don't really give their words, their feeling, their tone, their, their, their physical presence as specifically and meaningfully as we should. So why did I bother to tell you all of this? I told you all of this because I want you to be clear about what all the pressures are. If you don't know what complicates things, you can't adequately address them. Being aware of all of the pressures and issues helps you immeasurably. Even if you don't know what to do about them in the beginning, awareness is the first step to commanding anything. Knowing where the difficulties are gives you clearer vision and a place to start your journey to establish the relationship that you want. So in order to help you navigate the difficulties that you have in your romantic relationship, or deeper still, if you have a good relationship and you just want to solidify it, you want to make it stronger, you want to build it on a foundation that has, has uh, uh, I don't know, uh, the capacity to withstand coming storms, you need to know how to communicate because that's how you build that foundation. And understanding the complications in communications will help you do it better. And then that foundation gets, gets built with greater ease. So there are the basics that I want you to understand at this juncture. It is not an exhaustive list of all the complications there are in communication, but I wanted you to see at the outset all of the individual things that can press on your communication issues so you understand what we're doing and where we're trying to go. And so you can watch what you're doing now and see if any of those problems have crept their way into what you say to the person that you love. How are we going to tackle this? We're going to tackle this by tackling a whole lot of aspects of every relationship. For instance, we're going to talk background. Understanding what you both bring to the table is very important in determining how well that meal goes. You know, everyone sees things through the prism of their past. If you don't know how your experiences bend the light you shine on what's said, you're going to end up reading in the dark. Let me give you an example. I got married in 1989, and I know that's when the dinosaurs were out. But anyway, I did. 
1991, I spent each of those years insulting my husband in the worst way possible almost every day. Let me tell you why. Didn't do it on purpose. I thought I was expressing love, but I didn't understand how my past had informed my present and how my present was killing his love. I was raised in a family where unvarnished truth-telling was what we did all of the time. Nobody said, well, now I think you could do better if my mother actually said to me one day, you know, if I didn't love you, I'd let you go out looking like that. You need to get in your room and change your clothes. This did not come across to me as criticism. This came across to me as love. We were blunt. We were, we didn't use any niceties. But because we understood we wanted the best for one another, we didn't bother with that. So I thought blunt expressions of correction and criticism was an expression of love. My husband, however, was not brought up in a similar household. In his household, he did what most people do. You know, they take the feelings into consideration when they make, uh, when they have a conversation about what's going on. Well, you know, they, they softened it up a bit. We never did. So he thought I was just coming for him when I thought I was loving him. I did not understand how the script that my parents wrote for me was messing up the play I was trying to have with my husband. We're also going to talk about emotional intelligence. One of the reasons that relationships are so difficult to have great conversations in, because that's a logical thing, but we are all immersed in, in the emotional aspects of that relationship. Being in love affects your self-esteem. It involves fear, jealousy, great desire, uh, and all of that leans on what you say. So there's so many emotions that you have to deal with. And if you haven't sorted them out, if you haven't figured out why you feel the way you feel and what that's making you do or say, you might end up doing or saying something that does not really examine or get to the thoughts you want to convey. We're going to talk about how emotional intelligence will allow you to get your mind right before you open your mouth. We're also going to talk about masculinity and femininity, traits we all have in varying degrees because it's important. And I know that gender is not as binary or not considered in such a strict binary way as it used to be. We all have feminine and masculine tendencies and all of that leans on how we say, what we say, and how we hear what's said to us. The difference between what a man says and a woman hears can be as wide as the Grand Canyon. Yes, I know gender is often a stereotype, but let me tell you, my own experiences at home and what has happened in divorce court led me to understand that our brains can work differently and the way our brains work determines how we receive and deliver information. We have to take all of that into account.
Also in this podcast, we're going to talk about the logistics of a good conversation. And there are logistics involved. Tone, timing, topic, all of those things enter into the successful conveyance of information. And if you have good process and procedure, you put them into place and they become a habit. They make every conversation just that much easier to have. We're also going to talk about the hobgoblin of habit. We human beings are creatures of habit, and we tend to have the same conversation in the same way without examining what we said and figuring out how successful it was and determining how to change how we say, not because we're changing how we feel, but we're changing the manner in which we express it so we can get understood. A good relationship, a good romantic relationship can be a great thing, but a good relationship requires work. If we just get together and let things happen, it won't work out. Since it's one of the most important things we do, we have to work at how we do it. And if we work at communication, which, by the way, is a remarkable thing, an ability to convey emotions, ideas, wants and needs, and abstract thoughts is a very deep and powerful thing, we should be able to have a handle on it to make it a tool that we can use with power and with intelligence and with ability and with intellect so it can support all that love and care and happy that we want. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what this pod course is all about. Now, as I leave you today, I'm going to do so with some homework. And yes, I know that's an audacious thing to do in a pod course, but I'm going to do it anyway. When you think about it, what happens? If you don't do it, I don't know where you live. There's nothing I can do to you. But I'm going to ask you to do the homework anyway. It's easy. What I'd like you to do when you leave here is sit back and take a look at your relationship anew. Listen anew. Listen to the words you use. Listen to the words your partner uses. Listen to the kind of arguments you have over and over again. Listen to the things that you say and don't say. What kind of things can't you talk about or won't talk about or have difficulty talking about? I want you to just take a step away from the talking and see what you're talking about. So you kind of have a lay of the land when we go through the rest of what we're going to do. That's my homework for you. Our next pod course is going to talk about the first battle. And the first battle anyone has in trying to communicate their ideas with anyone is a battle with themselves. So you know exactly what it is you feel and what it is you want to say. So whether you're currently cradled in the bosom of a new and passionate love you want to last, or if you've just begun to take a run at happily ever after and you're looking to avoid the minefields along the way, or whether you're in the trenches of a long-term relationship trying to find your way through the weeds, or if the two of you are just floundering around in an ocean of ordinary dissatisfaction and you can't find a way to better, this will allow you to have the most effective 
effective communication to allow you to do all of those things. Ladies and gentlemen, I need you to remember this. Every time you open your mouth, it offers both options and opportunity. You can fire a shot across the bow or take a pass at calm. You can decide to confront or you can decide to inquire. You can fill a moment with silence or a kind word. You can wait, you can decide. You can make communication one of the best tools that you have, or you can just open your mouth, say what's on your mind, and let the chips fall where they may. In case you didn't figure it out, I don't recommend that last one. As we go along this journey together, I would love to answer questions that you have about your own relationship issues and communication. Go to the Himalaya site, go into the community for this pod course, and leave a question. I'd love to have an opportunity to talk about exactly what's on your mind. I'm looking forward to this, guys. I hope you are too. To get the most out of this show, check out my exclusive episodes available only on the Himalaya Learning Platform. Himalaya Learning provides bite-sized courses from world-class thinkers and industry experts for you to enjoy in the app on the go. To talk to me directly and access exclusive content from other shows like mine, go to Himalaya.com and enter promo code JUDGELYN for your first 14 days free. We hope you enjoy.